Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome or welcome back to Try Adjust Thrive. I'm your host, Oksana Vares, and I'm so happy to be here. All right, guys. So um, <laughs> I think I have a little bit of explaining to do because for those of you who are regular listeners, you might have noticed that I kind of disappeared. And I... <laughs> I I, I gotta talk about it, guys. So this past month was really hard in terms of me getting in my head and me getting really, really worked up about the logistics of this podcast. Um, and, you know, part of part of that was because I was spending way too much time on social media comparing myself to other podcasters, particularly podcasters who are like, way more developed in their craft than I am. Like, let's be real. I have 10 episodes. This is my 11th. <laughs> um, also, just like me getting in my head about production quality, getting in my head about the fact that I just set up a studio. Well, it's been set up for quite some time now. Um, but I got really self-conscious every single time I started to record to the point where I was literally restarting every other sentence that I said out loud because I was just so like I was just so overwhelmed with how I looked like on camera like the 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 way I was speaking overthinking whether or not I sounded articulate whether or not I sounded like I even knew what I was talking about and so all of that combined just made this entire process so excruciatingly awful. Like, I did not want to record. I didn't want to talk to you guys. I started feeling like a major fraud and I felt like nothing that I really had to say had any true meaning or value or weight to it. So with all of that, the very idea of just sitting down and talking with you guys, something that has brought me so much joy and excitement thus far, kind of became really unpleasant and really stress-inducing. And that's nobody else's fault but my own because I got a little carried away in the comparison game and that always creates stress for no matter who you are, you know. And on top of that, I was just, I was expecting so much of myself when I don't think anybody else does. <laughs> I think y'all just tune in once a week or once every two weeks or whenever the heck I get an episode out and you're like, oh, Oksana posted an episode. Cool. I'm going to play this while I go on a drive or on a walk. And it's really not that deep. But in my head, I make it this huge thing. And I'm like, well, if I'm embarking on this journey on this endeavor of having a podcast, it needs to be perfect because people on social media and the world around me is judgmental and I need to be as good as I possibly can be to avoid judgment. And then I got really perfectionistic and I think we all know that that's just a recipe for inaction and disaster and not really having fun. And this is not something I get paid for. This is just a fun thing that I'm doing. It is a passion project and it just, it turned into something that really didn't feel like one anymore. So to remedy this and 
to move forward with a much more grounded mindset and a much more grounded approach, I'm just not caring at all. I'm not going, <laughs> like, I still care in the grand scheme of things. Uh, obviously, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be recording. But I just, I'm going to be a lot more raw and real with you guys. <laughs> I'm going to try to at least. Um, if you haven't noticed already, I'm very perfectionistic. So that's definitely been a recurring struggle in my life. And we're going to talk about that today. Um, but I'm I really, I... I'm going to care less about stuttering, about, you know, not sounding perfect, not getting as articulate of a sentence out as as I might if I rephrase it 10 fucking times just to get it right. Because that's it just takes all the fun out of this process. And honestly, if anything, I started this podcast in part to embrace my authenticity and to encourage you guys to do the same. So with all of that being said, yeah, that's that's my, I guess, I don't want to say excuse, but that these are all my reasons for taking a break. But also in the midst of me taking a break from podcasting, I've had a lot of time to reflect and I've taken this time very uh, responsibly um, and very graciously. And I've, you know, I've just accepted that this past month I was not the time for me to be recording because anything that I would have put out would have been like layered with anxiety and layered with with self-conscious energy and I don't I, I didn't want to send that out like that was another reason why I just took a pause because I was like if I can't produce anything good that makes other people feel good and not stressed out like I don't want to produce anything at all at least not right now. Maybe maybe one day I'll do like a whole series on stress and and maybe we'll do it then. But <laughs> right now that's not really that that completely it's like the antithesis of my objectives with this podcast. But in the time that I've spent reflecting, I got to go on vacation. I went camping with a lot of people who are very near and dear to me. And I I just I took a step back. I completely just unplugged from social media, which was so necessary and so nice because I'm not a social media girly to begin with. Like, if you look at my social media profile, like, if you look at my Instagram, for instance, my personal Instagram, which is linked in the show notes, you will see that, like, the entire time I've had an Instagram, I very, very infrequently post, and I've never really cared much for social media, it's not that I dislike it. It's just it's never really been something that I've prioritized. So it's no wonder that now in starting this podcast and and spending a lot more time on social media for, you know, research purposes, for just inspo, I've gotten really in my head. But going back to my vacation, honestly, that camping trip was I, I just got back also like a couple days ago. And it was just so much needed. It was just so necessary for me to go and be in nature and hear like the sounds of literally the waves of the ocean from my campsite because we were like a seven minute walk from the beach. I don't know. Maybe maybe I was like hallucinating that. Maybe I couldn't actually hear the ocean. Maybe it was just wind. But regardless, what it, whatever it was, it was just being... <laughs> 
<laughs> being in nature, being surrounded by people I loved and spending every night doing bonfires on the beach or playing card games with people I've been friends with since I was a kid and waking up and literally having to go on a walk through the woods to go to the showers or go to the bathroom because the campground that I stay at, it's it's like a really big campground. They have like shower rooms and they have a bathhouse and yada yada, whatever. You get the point. Um, it was so healing to my brain and I didn't even know I re like I needed it until I was there and I was just present and I was like, wow, this is nice. It, it was very, very, very healing to all of my anxiety and my brain and it helped me, you know, spending every day at the beach, spending every day in nature and having a lot of time to think. It helped me reflect on, you know, do I even want to continue this podcast? Am I am I going to go back and do the thing? Am I just going to let myself get stressed out again? And I'm proud to say that I think I think she's still here to stay. I think I just needed to chill the fuck out and stop thinking so hard about the content and and thinking so hard about my my presentation and just accept that I'm pretty sure most of you, if not all of you, are just here to listen to me talk. And, you know, that's enough. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's a great segue into what we're actually going to talk about today, which is imposter syndrome. Because don't tell me that you have never experienced it, Goral. Okay, because we all do. As you guys can see, it runs rampant in my mind and I'm just, I'm so tired of trying to pretend that it doesn't because honestly, like, I'm just a human being and it's, it's a thing. It exists in my brain and I'm fine with acknowledging it finally. I did a lot of research on imposter syndrome because I was like, well, if I'm crippled by this thing, then I might as well learn about it. <laughs> and what I learned was very interesting because I've always known that my imposter syndrome stems from the fact that I have very perfectionistic tendencies, but there are actually five different types of imposter syndromes or like five different types of stems to imposter syndrome. And so the first one is perfectionism. Um, so the perfectionist is someone who's always holding themselves to the highest standard. They micromanage themselves and others or just their lives in general. Um, and even if they do something really well or even exceptionally well, they get hung up over the tiny little mistakes. And essentially, if something is not perfect to the perfectionist, then it's not perceived as valuable to them. And when I read all of this, I basically was like, okay, so um, I am experiencing the Truman Show and these people have just been taking notes on my life because this is exactly, <laughs> this is exactly what I experience. And I've gotten so much better about it. I've gotten, you know, going to acting school helped me accept imperfection a lot and embrace the, the value in imperfection and, you know, having this podcast, even though I did go through a bit of a perfectionistic episode, <laughs> um, I, I still have learned a lot about embracing my imperfections through this show. But it's, you know, anybody who's listening who is a perfectionist, y'all know what I'm talking about. This shit is hard to deal with because I think a lot of us, especially, I mean, 
everyone who listens I know is in their 20s. And, you know, I think all of us at this point in our lives, I think we're all aware of of our perfectionistic tendencies, but sometimes we just feel victim to them. And sometimes we feel like, like on good days, yeah, we might be able to like check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. But on other days, it's like we literally feel like our our perfectionism is in the driver's seat and we're like, oh God, like can can I just not? And and the biggest piece of of advice that I've kind of gotten out of all the research that I've done is to learn to set realistic goals and to be okay with not finishing things, to be okay with being imperfect and to just be okay with like doing things that have nothing to do with perfection. A great example of this would be picking up a hobby or a skill or something that you are not good at and not having the goal of being good at it. And this I think is difficult for perfectionists because I think a lot of perfectionists are very intentional about everything they do. So they're like, why would I do this thing if it's not going to be good? Like that just sounds like a waste of time to me. And that is definitely something that I struggle with. But for instance, for me, I started doing this thing where, okay, so I've always been really, really anal about the way that I keep my clothes in my drawers. I do the accordion folding system. Um, I like, I color coordinate everything. Everything is very, very particular in my, in my drawers, my closet, not so much, but my drawers, I take pride in that shit. And lately I've just stopped caring. And this has been part of this ongoing journey that I've set for myself to stop wasting energy on things that really like have no impact in my life. For instance, I used to fold my fucking underwear. No shade to anybody who does. Like if it, if it makes your life better, then fucking do it. But I realized that I was spending, I kid you not, like an extra 20 minutes out of my laundry days just folding my goddamn underwear and color coordinating it. For why? For who? For what? No one else sees my underwear drawer but me. And then one day, <laughs> and it was so fucking funny because I felt like this should have been a scene in some sort of sitcom or in like a rom-com. I literally just, I was in the middle of folding my underwear and with like these big, big eyes, I just took them and I picked them up and I just threw them onto my bed, like unfolded them, just made them a mess. And I, I was like... <laughs> Like, if y'all saw it, you, you would have been like, oh my god, like, I need to leave right now because Oksana's having a moment. <laughs> I literally just like, I, I was like, I give up. I give up on my fucking underwear. It is all going into my drawer, a mess, and I don't care. And that was like a month ago, and I have never looked back. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a hobby, per se, but it's just, it's one element of my life where I just intentionally decided to make it imperfect. And I was like, I don't fucking care. And honestly, my messy underwear drawer comforts me a lot. To my, to my perfectionistic brain, I literally, when I made a mess out of my underwear, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This feels so rebellious. And to anybody who's not a perfectionist, who's listening to this and is like, oh my God, you're batshit crazy. It's just, it's one of those things that like, if you're not a perfectionist, you just won't get it. 
if you know, you know. If you don't know, you just don't know. But to all of my perfectionistic listeners out there, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it feels so weird to relinquish control. And that's a major, that's, it's like such a major aspect of being a perfectionist is like feeling this need to control everything. And I kind of had to take a step back after learning more about imposter syndrome and really evaluating where I need to be in control of things and where I'm just wasting my energy. And my underwear drawer was the top of that list, (laughs) apparently. And it has only made my life less stressful. In fact, I think I feel less stressed now when I open my underwear drawer and I just see that cute little mess of underwear (laughs) than I felt when I would open it and it was very neatly folded and color-coded. Like that shit, that was just too anal for me. And I didn't even realize it. So (laughs) spiel aside, whether it's your underwear drawer or it's something else in your life, I I really encourage you, if you struggle with perfectionism, to just find ways that you can relinquish a little bit of control. And and part of that has also, for me, been been learning that, like, we already don't have that much control over life in general. Like, in the grand scheme of things, we can, we can waste so much daily energy, day after day, trying to control every little aspect of life, but we're never going to. And it's true, you know, there are certain things in life that we can control, you know, getting to work on time, taking care of ourselves, but I don't need to control my underwear drawer. It can just be a little pile of fabric, it's fine. (laughs) And I don't need to micromanage every single sentence that I say on this podcast because that's just inauthentic and that's boring and that's trying way too hard. It takes the fun out for me. It makes me not want to post episodes for you guys. So yeah, um, moving on from perfectionism, the next type of imposter, so to speak, is the natural genius. And this is someone who holds the belief that you've either got it or you don't. And if you don't, you might as well not even try. You know, this could be very present in someone who was very naturally gifted in something at a very young age. I could relate to this one too in my own life because I've always been really naturally gifted with singing. I've always been a little songbird since I was a little kid. And growing up, I actually, I mentioned in in an earlier episode I made that when I was younger, I actually just didn't even think that I could be like sporty or athletic because I didn't have a natural inclination for it. And I didn't have like the growth mindset necessary to like understand that, girl, you could just go to the gym a few times a week and start getting athletic. Like you could, you could join some sort of sport team and learn a sport. You might not be the natural talent on the team, but that doesn't mean that you can't have something to offer in the team. And it took me so long to develop a growth mindset to understand that, you know, everything in life you're going to suck at when you start out. For the most part, unless you have a very strong natural inclination towards something, you will most likely be pretty bad at the thing that you're getting started at. And that's okay. And that is a growth mindset to understand that just because you're bad right now, that doesn't mean you're not going to be freaking awesome a year from now, a month from now, whenever. 
And that really is the biggest piece of advice that I've found online for a growth mindset. And, you know, this has also been present in my own personal life with my eating habits and like full disclosure, I spent the past year, year and a half recovering from an eating disorder. And for so long, I kept thinking like, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to get through this. And the, the only thing that literally got me to where I am now with a very beautiful and healthy and like abundant relationship with food has been at my lowest points, always, always, always telling myself that I'm going to get to a place where I have a beautiful relationship with food. Like even though I can't see it now, even though I cannot fathom or imagine this relationship, even though I still don't, I I still might not know what that feels like yet. I just kept telling myself like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm growing. I'm learning. Even if I feel weak as fuck right now, I am getting there. And, you know, enough about me, but long story short, developing a growth mindset. If you do find yourself to have the natural genius mindset where you think you might as well not even try because you don't have a natural inclination to do something, just don't forget to remind yourself that everyone has a different square one and it's okay to be starting at the square one that you're at. It's just important to work incrementally towards your goals. Rome was not built in a day. And if Rome was built in a day, it would completely collapse the next day. And that that mindset has helped me through so many things in life. So the next type of imposter syndrome is the expert. So this is somebody who insists that they need to know everything before they become credible or worthy And they avoid applying for jobs because they don't meet every single qualification. They avoid getting projects started because they don't have every single thing that they need to start it off. And they essentially put life on hold because they also have this like perfectionistic mindset, almost like if I can't reach this point, then I can't get started. And the important thing to remember if you're this type of person is to acknowledge that we will never stop learning and just to slow down and focus on one thing at a time and then apply that thing. So for me, for instance, I had to get out of this mindset when I started this podcast because if you listen to my first episode, the sound quality, not that hot. It's it's pretty bad. Um, and that's because I had a completely different mic and it wasn't even a podcasting mic. It was a tiny little lapel mic that I clipped onto my shirt it was, and I, I, <laughs> I made this silliest little mount for it, like a oh this weird tripod thing. It, I, I, it was ridiculous. It looked so silly because this mic is like the size of my thumb. It's so small, but I was just like, you know, I'm not gonna have all my ducks in a row. I'm never gonna have all of them in a row. So I might as well just get the ball rolling. You know, people are people are gonna listen to my podcast for the words that I say and not for the quality of it. And, you know, I I knew that the quality would eventually reach a higher level. But had I waited until I had all of my ducks in a row, I probably wouldn't be making this episode today. And, you know, going back to what I mentioned about how we never stop learning, I, I just think that that's a really, really important philosophy and mindset to adopt if you do struggle with the expert mindset. Because, I think the more that we embrace the fact that we are just existing in the school of life, you know, like we we should always want to be 
furthering ourselves and learning more. Once I kind of set myself free of the mindset of like, oh, I need to have all my ducks in a row, I realized I'm never going to have all my ducks in a row because life is ever changing. Life is always moving. And who knows what challenges I'm going to face in five years from now, let alone from tomorrow. So the best thing to do is to just be, be a person of action and learn along the way. And that could be really scary for somebody who does struggle with the expert mindset. And if you are someone who does struggle with it and you find that the, the very concept of that scary, take baby steps. Like I said, Rome was not built in a day. Taking baby steps is so important and it can be really hard in today's day and age with social media and with, you know, all the instant gratification that we have at all of our fingertips. It's just, it's really important to remember that like the things that we see online and the things that we see people who are well ahead of us achieving, that none of that was built in a day. We're just seeing highlight reels. We don't see all of the nitty gritty hard work that goes into somebody's life. I have a perfect example of this. Just the other week while I was on vacation, I was at the beach and I, me and my friends were hanging out with this one guy who we hadn't seen since we were kids. He also went camping at this place. Mind you, I've been camping here since I was a little kid. But him and I were catching up and he was asking how one of our friends was doing and she pops off on her Instagram. Like, if you look at her Instagram page, you would probably think to yourself, like, how can I live her life? Because she is always traveling. She is always taking these really aesthetic photos. Like, she literally looks like she's living her best life. And he was like, what is she doing? Like, she must she must be, like, so set. Like, she, she looks like she's rich as fuck, blah, 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 blah. And I'm I just laughed to myself because this friend of mine, like 90% of her life is spent working three different jobs. She's working towards medical school. She nannies. She works at a hospital. She picks up random jobs here and there. Like she is always hustling. And her and I literally are lucky if we see each other once a month because she doesn't have any freaking time on her hands. But when she does have time, she always plans some sort of vacations. She saves up her money because she knows that otherwise her life is just going to consist of working and hustling and literally just being on the grind and doing nothing else. And she gets like four hours of sleep a night. It's ridiculous. And good for her. Like she is going to set herself up for success and be a very, very successful doctor. And I will be very lucky to have a friend who's a very successful doctor. And <laughs> but but the point is, is that her life on social media and her real life, like they are not representative of each other at all. And that's why it's really important to remind yourself that what you see on social media, it might not necessarily be fake. But it's the freaking highlight reels. And nobody sees the nonstop work days, the 18-hour days, the whatever. You know, like, no one sees all that behind the scenes. It's like the same concept when people go and see a movie and they're like, wow, I would, I would just love to be an actor in a movie. And I'm like, really? Because that shit's hard. These people work their survival jobs. And then on top of that, auditioning is another full-time job for them. And then on top of that, once they book a job, 
they are like they are basically a bitch to the production process like don't get me wrong i would love to be in film and television myself but like people just think it's like fun because they see the finished product and they're like wow that looks like it must have been so much fun yeah i'm sure it was so much fun i'm sure because why else would you be doing it if you're not like specifically with acting or any sort of art like if, if you're not having fun then like you shouldn't be doing it because it's not an easy life to live but it's like that's the point is is like people see the movie they don't see the hours of preparation that goes into that film they don't see the learning the lines the night before because you just got your script literally less than 24 hours before you have to film people don't see the long hours on set the sitting around the waiting to go and do things like they don't they don't see all of the things that are very not glamorous about film and television but then they think to themselves like oh i, w I would love to do that that sounds like so much fun like as said, yeah, it's fun, but also keep in mind that you're seeing the highlight reels. You are seeing the finished product. You're not seeing everything else. So that was, okay, you know, I, I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, where was I? All right. So long story short, if you struggle with the expert mindset, just keep in mind that you are always going to be learning something new. You are always going to be changing. Life is never going to be the same. So find ways to acknowledge that and find ways to just focus on one thing at a time. The next type of imposter syndrome is the soloist or rugged individualist. This type of person refers to anyone who's afraid to ask for help, even when they really need it, and someone who always feels like they need to do everything by themselves. They feel like they always need more prep time. And the biggest, honestly, like it's really obvious, but the biggest piece of advice for someone who struggles with this is to learn to ask for help and collaborate with others. I remember one of my exes struggled with this and it was like pulling teeth. But once I learned about the soloist slash rugged individualist, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like he struggled with this thing. Like he was just struggling with his own sort of imposter syndrome where he felt like he he needed to do everything by himself. He could he didn't feel like he could reach out to others. And I always felt so bad because I felt like why like why are you cornering yourself when you have so many resources? And his his like compulsion to not ask for help was always that he felt like it would sh it would reveal him to be some sort of imposter. It would reveal him to be a fraud when that's so not the case. You know, nobody's perfect. In fact, oftentimes it's considered a strength to reach out for help and to express humility and admit that you are just you are just another imperfect being on this planet like the rest of us. And finally, the last type of imposter syndrome is the superhuman. This is the people pleaser of imposter syndromes. It is someone who is self-sacrificing, who's constantly on the go, doing everything that they can, pleasing others, and still not really feeling like they've accomplished anything, no matter how much they've accomplished. And the biggest piece of advice of guidance that a superhuman should follow is to learn to relax more and people please less. And honestly, to anybody who does struggle to relax, I really, really think that one of the keys to relaxation is inner child healing work 
And that's like a loaded subject that I'm not going to dive deep into. But just on the surface, what I mean by that is think about things that made you feel really happy as a kid and just start kind of like dabbling in those things again. Whether that's, you know, doing an activity that that reminds you of your childhood, whether you really liked biking when you were a kid, like go on a bike. Because what it does is it puts you into this mindset. Like when we're little kids, most of us didn't really think too hard about excelling. We didn't think too hard about the future. We were just kids. We were just like present, embracing life and not really thinking too hard about what was going to come tomorrow, what was going to come next day, like next year, in five years. You know, I don't I don't think that I even really developed anxiety until I got to high school because up until then, life was just fun. <laughs> like I was just bopping around being a kid. And then once I got to high school, we started talking about college and we started talking more about, you know, career paths and all that stuff. And that's when anxiety started to set in for me because I was like, oh my God, life is serious now. So if you struggle with with relaxing, I really think that you know, going to the beach if you love the beach and it reminds you of your childhood, going to going on a bike, eating a childhood meal that like brings you absolute joy. Like <laughs> one of my favorite childhood snacks has always been Oreos and a cup of, yes, whole milk. Some of you might be like, like about to vomit. I don't care. I used to eat that shit up when I was a kid, literally. Um, it was one of my favorite snacks to have. And I realized two days ago, I haven't had Oreos and milk in so long. And I'm just about to get my period. I actually am already on my period right now, but I was like right about to get mine. And I was like, I just need some comfort food. And I bought a box of Oreos and I, <laughs> I had like almost a sleeve of Oreos while watching Orange is the New Black with a cup of whole milk. And there was just, there was something so, so comforting about this. And I don't necessarily think that food should be your only source of comfort coming from somebody who has recovered from disordered eating. However, if that brings you joy and that helps you relax, then fucking do it, man and pair it with something else that also helps you relax. You know, I've talked about relaxation before in this podcast and doing things just to unwind and not feeling guilty about relaxation. And this is just such an important part of the human experience in my personal opinion. And it helps you balance your life out so much because we've been wrongfully bred as humans in a capitalist society to believe that we're just like meant to be these work machines and if there's one thing that I believe so strongly against is that mindset because it completely disrespects every other aspect of what it is to be a human. We we focus so hard on these man-made concepts of being a, a like a worker bee and doing nothing but working and only fitting time to relax in like once a year when you go on a vacation. It shouldn't be that way. You should fit relaxation into your day every day. And for those of you who are hearing that and you think that that's 
absolutely absurd, like you're not going to do that, you are taking years off of your life, (laughs) just forcing yourself to not relax. Because whether you burn out in your 40s or 50s or 60s, or you burn out next week, it's just not sustainable. Human beings are meant to be so much more than worker bees. Like we are, we are so blessed with the brains that we have and the capacity to create amazing work. I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying don't like, don't do things and and further your careers. Like have dreams, set goals for your career life. But also that's not the only reason you're on this planet. You're on this planet to enjoy the freaking outdoors, to enjoy the sunshine, to enjoy life with the people that you love, to unwind, to enjoy good food, to like be present. To, like I, if, if there's one thing that I think about all the time in terms of like what it means to be human for me, it's to be present. None of us are present enough and being present and just embracing the, the moment that we're in embracing our surroundings, embracing the things that we hear, like acknowledging what we see, what we hear, what we feel, all the things, taste, hear, I already said here. Anyway, moving on, like being able to actually engage with the very present moment that we are experiencing right now, I think that's one of the biggest gifts that life has to offer because otherwise you're not experiencing life in its most full abundance like for instance when you're on a hike and you know people go on hikes to connect with nature and to decompress maybe to get some exercise in you know everyone has their reasons but a lot of the reason why people go specifically hiking in the woods is to be in nature so if you're going on a hike and you can't get off your phone isn't that just defeating the purpose of being on a hike or if you like If you have to, if you're one of those people who has to be listening to music no matter where you are, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. I promise I'm not throwing shade at you. But like, I had to ask myself, well, why don't I just go on walks without music or without a podcast? Like, especially if I'm going on a hike. Like, yeah, it helps the time go by faster. Don't get me wrong. And sometimes I do enjoy the company because I'm a very social person. So if I'm listening to a podcast, that's like, it's almost like I'm hanging out with somebody. But I've started challenging myself to just go on hikes without any sort of distraction. Like, and instead just listen to the sounds of nature. Like that is why I'm there, you know? Listening to birds, listening to the wind. I know it might sound a little earthy, crunchy to some people. It might sound a little, I don't know if whimsical is the right word, but I mean, it really isn't. It, <laughs> like, it's the same thing as going to the beach. I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm not a fan of people like, going to the beach and blasting music. Like, I'm fine with people playing music on the beach, but when someone brings a speaker like larger than my fucking head and I can't even hear the waves because they're blasting EDM, I'm like, can can you like not? Like, did you want to go to the beach or did you want to go clubbing? Because you can go clubbing. And Uh, That might sound really pretentious, and I know that to some people it's just like, chill the fuck out, like, let people play their music. Yeah, it's fine, like, play your music, but also, on the other side, (laughs) on the other side of the coin, it's like, let people listen to the the sound of the water, if that's what they want to do. In our day-to-day, unless you literally live by the beach, or you live 
by the woods. Like we're very separated from nature. And so when we do go and like go on a day trip, go on a holiday, on a weekend to surround ourselves in nature, and then we don't even really give it the time of day, it's almost like we're disrespecting our need, our primal need to be connected to the earth, connected to nature, to ground ourselves in nature. And also we're disrespecting nature as well. And in me saying all this, like, please, please don't take it too, too deep or too personally, because don't get me wrong. Like sometimes when I'm at the beach, I don't mind playing some tunes. When I'm on a hike, like sometimes I just don't, feel like being alone with my thoughts and I would rather listen to a podcast like I'm not I'm not here to scold anybody I'm not here to judge anybody I do it myself too but I just think that challenging ourselves to be more present even if it's not all the time it's just that is one of the greatest blessings and I went on another spiel (laughs) I've been gone for so long guys and now all I want to do is just tell you everything that's on my mind I swear I go from zero to a hundred so quick but spiel aside if learning to relax is something that you struggle with I really really do encourage you to start with the little simple things connecting with your inner child being in nature trying to trying to practice more mindfulness more presence you know get get some distractions out of the way but also most importantly even if it's just sitting and binge watching a television show just giving yourself that and not not feeling like you are letting the world down letting yourself down letting others down because you're just relaxing it's okay to relax it's important to relax it's important because you need to recharge yourself so you can show up for the world and not feel like your head is spinning. So now that I've spoken about all the different types of imposter syndromes, I just wanna take a moment to talk about how we can alleviate a little bit of our imposter syndrome. And the first thing is to just ground ourselves in who we are and to try not to focus on the areas that make us feel like imposters. Like we all have places in our lives that make our dreams feel unattainable. Because why would it even be a dream if it felt completely and practically attainable, you know? Like we set goals and dreams for things that we feel like we'll have climbed Mount Everest by by the time we get there, you know? So ground yourself in who you are in a way that makes you feel empowered. And a great way to do that is just kind of having some sort of mental checklist of affirmations telling yourself like I am capable of doing amazing things I have value to offer I am smart enough to do this I am interesting enough to do this or whatever affirmations you can create for yourself that do affirm things that you might feel insecure about and the next time that you have time for yourself get in your element like I said you know do things that are fun do things that make you feel connected with yourself go for a run go paint meditate putting on your favorite outfit like it literally doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be anything specific it just needs to be something that makes you feel at peace and centered maybe it's cleaning some people feel really really centered and really focused and at peace with themselves when they're cleaning whatever it is when you feel that imposter syndrome coming the next time you have just do that thing 
Do whatever you need to do to get yourself feeling grounded in your body and feeling connected with yourself. And next, this part's very important because a lot of imposter syndrome is a little, um, it's a little irrational. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's still valid, even though it's coming from irrational thoughts. Let me just, let me preface that. But ask yourself to look at the facts. Like, actually ask yourself like are you really unworthy or are you just believing the narrative that you tell yourself and then list off the great work that you do and there could be so many reasons as to why we tell ourselves false narratives like when i was younger i would downplay my accomplishments because i knew that nobody liked to show off and to be honest nobody really taught me how to take pride in my work without becoming pompous so I just brushed it off like it wasn't a big deal or I would get shy and bashful whenever I would get a compliment. And as a result, it took me a lot of genuine work to learn how to take a compliment maturely, which is honestly something I think a lot of us struggle with. And also, we might have just been negatively reinforced at home in some way, leading us to believe that we aren't smart or we aren't hardworking enough or whatever it is to, to do the thing. So aside from addressing the narrative, List off all the great work that you do, all the things that make you excellent for what you're trying to do. For example, as you guys know, I get major imposter syndrome with this podcast, so I have to remind myself that I love to talk about the human experience through a variety of subject matter, and I, I also make valid points that people relate to. And also, I have a background in acting, and I have a tendency to think a lot about the human experience through that type of lens, and that can actually make me a great fit for a podcaster. And honestly, what I've learned about people who are successful is that they experience the exact same shit that the rest of us do. They have imposter syndrome. They do, like, they experience all the mental setbacks, but they just accept them as universal truths to fuel them to grow. You know, rather than taking that imposter syndrome and letting it make you its bitch, you have to make it your bitch. Like, you can take it, accept it, and then tell yourself, okay, so I'm feeling intimidated. Why? Because I feel like I'm not cut out for this. Again, why? Ask yourself specifically why. And then you might say, well, I'm not as well-versed in this thing that I want to do as I'd like to be, or I can't keep up with the time demands of this task. But whatever it is, now you have the answer to why you're feeling inadequate. And then from there, all you have to do like that, that is like the hardest work I personally think is just like accepting that there's an issue and troubleshooting why exactly you are feeling these mental setbacks. Because once you figure it out, once you've worked through that part, once you've like worked past the embarrassment or the shame or get to that place of humility where you can just accept like, okay, I'm not perfect. It's okay that I have this problem. Then you can get constructive. Now you can actually work on the thing that is causing you so much stress. And like I said, you can take baby steps. You can go at whatever pace works best for you. But what like whatever it is now, now you know. A lot of people, myself included, we, we tend to sulk on the reasons why we aren't enough. And the only difference between successful people and unsuccessful people 
is that successful people get constructive with their whys. They might still feel discouraged and they might still feel like they might never get there, but they fucking try anyway, bitches. They start chipping away at the things that they're not good at until eventually they get kind of good at it. I was listening to an episode of this podcast called Diary of a CEO, and this one speaker was talking about like how how to excel in life, and she talks about how every problem in life is figureoutable. And I say that with air quotes because she literally says figureoutable. And she says, if the problem is not figureoutable, it's just a law of nature. So like anything essentially that you want to accomplish in life, even if it feels impossible, unless there are literal forces of nature that are causing you to not be able to do that thing. For instance, if you want to just start levitating right now, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Like, unless you figure out a way to defy the laws of gravity, it you're staying on the ground. But if nature ain't getting in the way, like, you got this. You got it. Like, it might take a while. It might take some troubleshooting. It might take some stopping and starting and trying and adjusting and thriving. But you will thrive eventually. You will. You're going to get there. I'd also like to jump back to um, what I mentioned about the the superhero, the superhuman, um, and how they feel like no matter how much work they do, they always feel like they're still falling flat. And honestly, and this is difficult for a lot of us because, you know, we we are on these hamster wheels and we do constantly feel the need to be better than we were yesterday and yada, yada, yada. But a really, really, I think, key remedy to this mindset is to start appreciating the work that you've done. Start expressing gratitude for the work that you've done. Start valuing what you've already done because the reason that you feel that way is not because you're not doing enough. It's most likely because you haven't learned how to value the work that you've already done. You you will you can drive yourself into the ground worrying about the things that you haven't accomplished, especially if if you haven't taken a moment to look at the things that you've already done and see how valuable they are and see how far they've gotten you. For instance, I've been singing with a wedding band for the past year and there are some times where in the midst of me being in this band, I'm like, wow, like I'm not doing enough. I'm not singing in like a band of my own. I'm not writing music. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And then I have to stop myself and be like, whoa there, sister, girl, you have gotten so much better at singing live on a regular basis. You've gotten so much more confident in front of an audience. You've gotten so much more confident taking risks with your voice on stage, improvising, trying new things and not caring. Like you've gotten so much better at embracing imperfection just by being in this band. And God knows that my next steps in life, wherever life takes me in my artistic world, I'm going to be so much more well-equipped because I was in this band for a year, you know? And everybody who's listening, you have things in your life like that no matter how big or how small they are, like validate them, express gratitude for yourself, like validate the work that you've been doing, give yourself that respect, you know, like 
I think that a major aspect of why we we get imposter syndrome is because we disrespect ourselves. And that's a tough pill to swallow and that's a little tough love, but like at, at our core, that's what we're doing when we aren't giving ourselves the time of day, when we aren't acknowledging the the work that we do, when we constantly judge ourselves and pick ourselves apart and list off all the reasons why we're not good enough, we are disrespecting ourselves so much and that is creating so much more chaos and destruction in our heads and it's only making matters worse you know the more we judge ourselves the more we put us down the more we're going to do it in the future because that's just it's it's a muscle that we've strengthened so it's really important for us to learn how to unstrengthen that that neural pathway in our brain that like that response to ourselves not doing something perfect and and putting ourselves down it's very important that we instead take a gentler more self-loving more self-compassionate more validating approach because we're all pretty fucking cool all right guys like just in terms of personal development and personal growth and health and like all the things like one-upping myself being a better version of myself than I was yesterday sometimes I get really in my head and I'm like am I even like I'm such an imposter like I feel like such a fraud I I'm never gonna amount to whatever yada 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 like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rephrase all of my irrational thoughts in my head but I've had to start being like oh wait hold this hold on a second is because sometimes I literally ask myself like do you even want to grow like do you even want to excel and it I usually ask myself things like this when I take a break from podcasting or when I take a few days extra off from the gym or whatever you know like I get really hard on myself and I've had to start telling myself like no yeah you definitely do want to grow because if you didn't want to grow you wouldn't be thinking so hard about this shit like you wouldn't you wouldn't be journaling about your your plans for the gym or for your next move to the next city you're going to or the next job that you're going to try to apply for like i wouldn't like i wouldn't be so centered on my development and i wouldn't be thinking so hard about this shit if it wasn't going to happen like i said rome wasn't built in a day so me getting hard on myself because I haven't reached this point of fruition yet. It's just, it's kicking myself when I'm busy getting there. If I'm, I don't know if that makes any sense. It's like, it's like I'm on this hike, right? And I have not reached the summit. I'm not even close yet, but I'm on this hike. And it's like me, it's like a separate me, like an evil twin me like <laughs> following me on this hike being like you haven't reached the top yet what do you do like I'm I'm literally in the middle of walking on this hike and part of this hike might be like this theoretical hike representing my goals and my life like <laughs> part of this hike has to include me taking time to rest has to include me take, taking time to like reflect and not take physical action but take more mental action so that my physical steps are more in line with my values and like all those things work in tandem with one another like we can't just be running on fumes all the time you know but long story short 
I'm on this hike and evil twin me is following me and she's like literally kicking me and she's like what are you doing you haven't re you haven't gotten to the summit you like you haven't reached the top what are you even doing like you're not doing that you're not you're not gonna get there you're not gonna get there and I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm literally on this hike and I'm like bitch let me fucking walk let me let me go at my pace or like I'm taking a water break I'm I'm taking a water break on my hike because I'm dehydrated and it's a long hike and I need some water and then and then evil me is trying to freaking whack the water bottle out of my hand <laughs> I have I swear to you guys I don't know where that analogy came from because I have never thought that in my brain until now but I think that's it like I feel like that's such a good like encapsulation of what we experience in our heads when we struggle with our negative self-talk. I, I don't know, man. Like once I, now that I've said that out into the universe, like I don't think I can unthink that. <laughs> I'm going to be checking myself a lot more often when I, when I have these negative, negative moments, because when you simplify it to an analogy like that, yeah, our brains are really complex things and they're really difficult to deal with sometimes but in essence like that is largely what's going on in our heads and that's not fair to us like if you were watching something like that happen wouldn't you want to just drop kick the evil twin like and just be like leave them the fuck alone they're doing it they're doing the thing go away <laughs> you know so you know i wouldn't say drop kick your yourself and your your negative self-talk but like take yourself out of the equation and ask yourself like would I speak to a friend this way who was just taking a break who was taking a moment to to recharge or who was on their way who was doing the thing who was on the hike would I speak to a friend like that because they haven't reached the top yet and I think we both know what the answer to that is and so I think that's I, I think I'm going to leave this episode on that note. I mean, I think, I think I've said everything I need to say. My throat's starting to hurt a little bit. Um, and <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think that, I think that was it guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to the next episode and I hope that you guys got something out of this. I hope that it helps you feel better if you struggle with imposter syndrome and to anybody who's gotten this far, you are real as fuck. I really appreciate you listening to the whole episode and I will catch you next time. All right. Remember, as always, be kind to yourself. Have a good week, guys. All right.